<laughs> My mother listens to this podcast, all right? Yeah. I'll uh, start there, actually. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> My mother listens. All right, well, I am everything that I said I am. Keep my shit tight, man. Motherfucking Hoover Dam. Welcome back. It's been a while. How long has it been since... When was, was the last time we did this? It was cold. It was cold. It's winter time. Okay. <laughs> That's all That's I got. That's all I got. <laughs> because the, my memory has changed. I feel like this year, year has blended. Yes. So much. And last year that time frames are getting a little harder. I'm thinking it was in the winter. And I remember we had the discussion about... Swift's albums. Yeah, yeah we did. I got to, yep. I, I got to, you know, Express go ahead and your enjoyment. Yeah, and, and share the my uh, vulnerability. Yeah. Talk about the key word of being vulnerable that uh, I had become a T Swift fanboy. Yeah, and so. I wasn't going to admit it until you did, and then I felt yeah, I felt then, like it was a safe space <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Paul went first. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you paved the way. Yeah, and I hadn't really listened to the song, which was ha- Happy, or... That was yeah. the one I... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really listened to it uh, um, until after that the mm-hmm. podcast, and I went and listened to it, and went, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. Right? I could, and, and knowing, you know, My situation, bit, I could, yeah. I could understand yeah. why that was a powerful why song for you. Why it resonated, yes. Yeah. I know, right? I had mm-hmm. a wow moment with Oh, that. I'm glad you wowed for me. Yeah. So this was, um, we're going to say sometime. It was February 1st. Oh wow! Did oh. you just? Did you I just, just looked it up? You just looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> so it's exactly so it's six months. Not so it was February first. Yeah. <laughs> so if this were the first, yeah. February yeah, I'm like, 1st. but it's, the, it's actually the fifteenth, but that's fine. <laughs> Almost six and f- fourteen days. <laughs> six months and fourteen days. All right. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> Which six months and fourteen days sounds good to me. Let's go seven months and 14 days. Are you serious? No. But it is the eighth month, so theoretically it would be. All right. (laughs) So it has been a long year. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been been a long year, and it's (laughs) our, obviously, our perspective of time just on us having this conversation is a little, Mm -hmm. mine, I will take accountability for mine, I'm a little warped um, with timelines. And you know, this learning to do a lot of new dances, I think, over the past year. Um, when, uh, you know, Brett and I talked a few weeks ago, Brent and I talked a few weeks ago, and so what are we going to talk about today? And I brought up the idea of transitions um, and meaning probably, you know, for the past couple of years, there have been a lot of transitions. It's not just, you know, the, the COVID uh, phenomena or pandemic or whatever. Um, but there's a lot more that's been going on because we've had so many social pressures on us that beyond COVID, that it, I mean, maybe there was it, the, the, that was a template that brought all these changes around. But this idea of learning to do new dances or dance in different ways um, has been an interesting part of the journey, um, especially because not you know everyone always thinks the way we do, and so there are, can be challenges there. Anyway, so let's. Uh, this is a. A new edition. It's been a while since we've had an edition, so I think I did one after the uh, group last time, the roundtable. So this is a, this is back after probably six months. So welcome back. It's good to be back, and we'll go from there. Let's open it up and talk a little bit about some of the transitions that we've experienced in, over the past year, and um, maybe some new dances that we've needed to learn to do. Um, I think it's kind of funny that we're starting with this, too, because of the picture I saw of the three of you guys last night with that your whole group of friends, because that felt like old school in some ways. And I know we brought it back old school last night, for sure. Old school. So would you I mean, I think that's an interesting place to start. Not that you talk specifically about last night, but, you know, you brought something back, you know, that maybe you hadn't hadn't done in a while. (laughs) What? What, why do you think this this happened the way it did and, and that you know you felt like comfortable bringing this group of people back together again? 
Well, I think um, it. I, I think it speaks a lot to what we've been doing for a long time, uh, which is you know try to 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 build our community, you know, and. Um, well, that's been hard this past yeah, year. Yeah, and it's been difficult it's been to difficult. do that with with the challenges of uh, of what's external factors. But the fact that we had that 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 kind of core strength or strong community, um, it was easy to kind of pick it back up. You know, once once we could, because those relationships are, are forged and um, and you know um so i don't know it was just, it really didn't take much but a couple of uh of people in our community to say hey guys let's get together and it all kind of was real it just went real easy but again i think it speaks to the fact that we had you know we we worked individually and and as a whole too to build the community you know and and i feel grateful that we uh we do have that and uh that we have a community of people that can get together and and uh act crazy <laughs> with each other you know um and and just enjoy and enjoy spending time uh together without uh you know um any uh substances involved <laughs> you know <laughs> for me historically you know you get a group of friends together and you know it's all it would revolve around you know uh an event that would revolve around drinking or some sort of substance use and you know and and uh this is this is a, a community on a different a whole different level it feels like for me anyways well um, i mean not that necessarily you see this like we, we talked about this before but uh, you're bringing up a really good point is when does it when does community begin to transcend actually out of the recovery concept into you know this actual living being community this this group of people that you know together they're there's it's they create something bigger than themselves individually that's even beyond the recovery piece because there's the strength in in what you guys have created that really is there's a phenomena here right and i think everyone's longing to find ways to do that again yeah, for sure. I think, and that's what's great about it is, uh, yeah, it was the recovery community that kind of brought us all together initially, but we've all um, kind of transcended that, and 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 we've just become not. This is my this is my recovery. This is a person I know from from recovery, and there's or this is my recovery friend, or these are my recovery friends. No, these are my friends. You know now, and um, and so yeah, I, I think uh, I think that's a very valid point that. Uh, that we have taken it to kind of the next level, um, yeah. And these are going to be lifelong friendships, which is which is a beautiful thing. So, um, yeah, being able to bring that back together after a, a kind of a tumultuous year, where before we were uh, kind of doing it more on the, on the regular basis, you know, um, to be able to have that event last night was was amazing. So, agreed. I <laughs> my turn. <laughs> I was actually uh, after last night talking to another friend who has now been sober for about a year and he was talking about how he thought when he was in the house in treatment he was going to be friends with all those people that he was you know in um, in residential with and so he since he didn't really do much afterwards after being in residential he kind of lost touch and doesn't really have that you know group and so he was just kind of mentioning how cool it was that we have this group after so long that you know we hang out with and so kind of to brent's point it, i don't think it's just or in paul too like it's not just the recovery because um at least for most of us none of us you know we're in residential together these are all people that we kind of picked mm -hmm. up along the way if you will <laughs> while yeah. we were in you know aftercare or um brent inviting me to go to refuge recovery and me starting that journey um and you know softball. alicia yeah and softball for these guys not for me <laughs> <laughs> but alicia you know being really kind and welcoming when i uh returned and started going back to aftercare like so there is the piece of recovery that initially brought us together but as individuals we have created something so much more just you know the people we've kind of picked up along the way people that were uh joined refuge recovery or aftercare later on that now are all close friends as well so there has been this i think common theme of 
uh, not just recovery, but also how we live our lives and how we want to kind of live our best lives. And I, that's something that is often talked about even more than just being sober. I think it's just that we're all have that common goal of, you know, really expanding our lives for the better without substances. So, you know, there's another piece to this too, as I think about, um, you know, communities like, like what you guys have created is that it also invites people that are not in recovery into it as well. I mean, either yes. the partners or the friends of, of mm-hmm. people that have already entered it. And, um, and I know there's a, there's a whole other thing we can, you know, we can open up. It, it is a bit of a can of worms, but, um, I'm, I'm okay. opening it up. Uh, <laughs> we've talked about it before, <laughs> you know, um, you know, medication assisted, uh, treatment, so to speak. Um, but you know, or marijuana maintenance or things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, it, 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 it's today, I believe there's, there's a a perception that has changed that, um, sobriety and recovery are less focused on the substances themselves than they are the person's behaviors, their thinking and their, and the way they connect, you know, it's this level of integrity that they live their lives by day to day. And so the one thing that, um, I, I want to, you know, I guess acknowledge you guys for is that you have invited you know this this community to expand to your friends and partners and and that's expanded this out even more and there's a level of of I believe it's genuine respect that happens in a, in a community like this and so it takes again it takes on a life of its own I, mm-hmm. I know I interrupted you but I wanted to. I was wrapping up. No, that was a that was a good save because I was starting to run out. So that was <laughs> 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 I was running low. Thanks for the save. <laughs> um, I guess yeah. And as far as transition, as with everyone, I had other friendships that you know we went through transitions as well um, throughout these last few years, and I do find when I'm not hanging out with this group of friends we spent last night with um, I do feel something missing and I feel that with other friendships and family but I definitely am not doing as much recovery based activity in my life right now Uh, lack of time long hours at work in school Uh, are those all excuses yes but they are currently that is currently my life and so being able to surround myself with people that we feel comfortable enough wearing ridiculous costumes to a murder mystery party and talking in accents and you know just completely being ourselves these are people that you know i've known now for you know four or five years Mm -hmm. opposed to my other friends who i've known a lot since elementary or junior high school it makes more sense that i would have that comfort around them but that's just the kind of people we have in this group and community is there's just all the openness and mutual respect and that makes it really easy to come back together after not spending like we used to every Saturday night you know going to dinner and you know I, I wonder um, Sarah if the idea that you, I mean I, I, maybe I, I want to make sure I heard what you said that I'm not as focused on the recovery aspects of my life necessarily yeah. I, I wonder if that's partly because of this this topic um and we also and and brett you also mentioned that um you know maybe this resilience would all right maybe i said that would fit into here as well mm-hmm. but that when we begin to live our lives in a diff, from a different perspective of integrity and you know again are we sober in the way we think and the way we behave and the way we um emote um emotionally are we uh, uh emotionally um uh, responsive, you know, mm-hmm. from a, a personal ethical perspective, um, we're, we're living it. It becomes a, a living, if you want to use the word recovery. But I think it becomes, you know, more of a sense of living integrity. Yes. And so it's it's like the ownership of something within our lives that happens where we take that on and we live it and it's not focused necessarily on something specific like that we can always add those things in and 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 but i think this goes back to this idea of there's a certain time and place where the resilience becomes again almost has a exponential movement of its own in in which it begins to propel us forward regardless of, you know it manifests in everything we do it's a little bit on the buddhist side of course of 
Um, it's, it's true, though. I think, I think appreciation. Yeah. <laughs> Even in recovery, if I'm going to, I need to learn to detach from you know concepts that would maybe limit that idea of what that means. So, um, anyway, again. Yeah, and that's I think part of the transition piece that actually just you bringing that up made me think of it and I was kind of saying it without even realizing but the transition of going from you know uh residential treatment and then outpatient treatment and then aftercare mm -hmm. and then aftercare along with refuge recovery and you know all these pieces and then that transition throughout the last you know almost five years now of what life starts to look like um for me out being outside of treatment for x amount of time right uh and trying to make sure i remain i think aware and intentional with what i'm doing in my life while also realizing i don't have to beat myself up if i'm not doing all the same things i was three or four years ago because that has been hard on me at times like am i doing enough am i and just trying to trust myself i guess that if I need more of that, I will hopefully seek it out and incorporate it back into my life more again and giving myself a little bit of a break when I'm allowing my life to move on and transition with just that piece of integrity and resilience you talked about, Paul, um, without maybe doing all of the recovery-based activities that I needed prior. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm going to add on, because I haven't gone yet. Um, first, I want to start with saying I am so internally grateful for you guys and our group of friends. Um, like Sarah, what you were saying about how, you know, right now you're just really busy, you have a lot going on. And so it's hard to like incorporate like a bunch of recovery on top of that. And that's been my life for so long. Um, and for long, like transitioning, you know, from me being in residential for a hundred plus days, you know, and then going to a sober living transitioning, that was a crazy transition, mm -hmm. you know, but, you know, I was, you know, playing softball and being really, really into the community there. Mm -hmm. And just like life changes, you know, like recovery does too. And I think the longer you're sober or the longer you go in, with because for, for me for instance i haven't been sober for a big chunk this whole entire time you've known me you know so it's a little bit like up and down but like for me now like i i'm the one that feels guilty for not seeing you guys as much as i used to and so it's also like really nice to hear <laughs> that i'm not the only one and i know you guys see each other more than i've seen you guys but knowing that like I'm not fucking up. You know what I mean? Because you are not fucking up, Alicia. <laughs> because, you know, for <laughs> it was always that like <sighs> that expectation I feel like when you're, you know, in the house or whatever that you can't if you're not doing something like you're, you're fucked. Mm -hmm. You're fucked. And so for me like last night was just every time I hang out with you guys again, it's just, like, back to, like, you know, having fun and just, um, you know, remembering why I want to be sober, mm -hmm. you know, and why this is so worth it, you know, because sometimes I lose sight of that, but... Yeah. Well, I think that, that reflects back to the idea that sobriety, the concept of it is about you know substances mm. instead of thinking instead of a, you know maybe embracing the idea that it's how we live our lives it's how we think and behave and and emote and i think that's when we talk about this notion that it becomes bigger than just that our lives become bigger than the substances ever were in our lives and i think that's what creates this momentum um and speaking of that that is a transition for everyone and it may be five years maybe 10 years it may be two years i don't know when it is for anyone else i know when it happened for me that the issue was no longer had anything to do with some type of substance mm -hmm. um and it had to do with you know how i was living my life day to day moment to moment because the substances were not 
necessarily reflective in that anymore. Mm -hmm. But the choices, I still had the choices and I still fucked up along the way. And, you know, I still make mistakes all the time and daily. But the mistakes are, are, are much more contained within an environment where I can, you know, adapt and adjust much quicker. The other thing I want to say about something you said was um, time is really weird in, in recovery. And Hell yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's the notion and, and I'm just, I could, I can hearing these echoes. And so I want to apologize because I, I want to edit the echoes um, out. And the echoes are that, you know, should, we should do away with all that in, 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 when treating people um, yeah, with substance abuse issues or addiction issues of any kind. You know, whether it be food, sex, money, your own work, exercise, um, relationships, um, that we should look at it from a, a different perspective of that each, you know, the time is is not as relevant as the, you know, how I show up in my life day to day. Now is, yeah, relapse can suck, but can I learn from that and take, you know, take that the knowledge that I gained and take the experience I gained and do something different next time, then it's, it's actually part of our healing process, or, I mean, or part of our recovery in a way. And that's not to justify or rationalize use. It's just the opposite. It's just, it's to not be, not take an punitive approach, which, you know, time can, can foster rep repeated moments of shame um, if, if there are re relapses from time to time. So how to embrace a community um, and support each other. Because one of the things that's really come out a lot this last year, too, talking about transitions, is um, how quick, uh, I think, how quick there is a draw to want to cancel people or positions or um, philosophies or religions or po politics or politicians. Um, you know, because of a certain view or, or something that happened that was basically a, 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 a maybe a stupid choice or um, but not allow people the ability to make mistakes anymore, you know, or something that maybe a mistake was years ago. <laughs> OK, I'm uh, I'm rambling a little bit, so <laughs> I think well, I, what, what after um you know, listening to your guys, to you guys share, it's it dawned on me that like really what we're after is it, it's that transition from not using substances to living a wholehearted life. Yeah, I mean that's really what mm -hmm. we're what we're trying to do, and um, uh, and that community Way aspect to pull of it. it. Back. <laughs> Brent, Brent roping it in, awesome. roping it in. No, I'm just, because I, I was sitting here, I'm like, that's exactly what we're talking about. And it, it is all those things that we, you know, that we work on while, you know, while we're, uh, while we're in recovery is, is to get to that point of, first off, you know, just showing up, you know, show up, show up, show, show up. up. Show. And, you know, so you show up for people and then they show up for you. And then it's, and then you, you know, you learn how to accept and connect with people. And so, and you know, all those are, yeah, and those are all principles of, of, of living, you know, your best self, trying to live a wholehearted life. And, uh, and also, yeah, being forgiving too. I mean, of, of people. I remember transitioning, I went through some transitions through recovery where, and I look back, and I know I've said this in the past, but, um, I look back at the person that I was five, six years ago, and I, I don't even know if I'd really even recognize that person, you know? So I feel like I've come that way, and, and in doing so, too, I've gotten to learn to accept of, even though that I feel like I've made some big strides in, in improving myself, I gotta be careful, too, not to, not to become judgmental of other people and, and, when, and when they do have mistakes, because I make mistakes, too, and to Paul's point, yeah, I feel like we have transitioned to a culture where we're not <laughs> in society as a whole, where people aren't allowed to to make mistakes, or um, it might be a mistake that they made several years ago that's now coming back to haunt them, and and how quick society is to to judge that person for that because our t because our our views, our beliefs on a certain subject have changed since that mistake was made, and so now we're dredging that up and. 
it, yeah, it's 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 something I think we need to. I, I you know I, I I have to look at myself and when I when I'm quick to start judging uh, a, a person for their mistakes and and really you know not only look at the forgiveness aspect of it, but also you know realize that you know we're human. We're gonna we're we're gonna fuck up. You know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna mess it up. And um, so yeah, trying to transition to a place of for me always fucking up to not fucking up as much to now you know not judging people when they fuck up you know that's kind of it's got to be kind of that transition and all and it all comes back to you know just trying to work to to be the you know live your live your best life you know so i'm oh <laughs> just quick it sorry before i lose my thoughts sorry alicia no i do that. as you were talking this we've been talking a lot at work uh, about in our leadership team about uh, the whole growth mindset versus fixed mindset thing. So as you mm-hmm. guys were yeah. talking, all of a sudden it was like boom, like light bulb. Um, whether that be the mistakes that we're talking about, where okay we're fucking up, but it's it's what we do with it after, right? Where back before I started going through recovery and the process that entails uh in addition to stop drinking was to fix my problems it was drink again and Mm -hmm. oh now i feel shame and guilt so drink again and so yeah um that was very much the so i had to pull something up just to look at it really quick um but that was much more the you know fixed mindset of the my failure limits my abilities and you know like failure is internal where so now we look at our lives as you're saying brent we make mistakes and it's what can i learn from this and how can i grow from this opposed to let me just keep digging myself deeper and deeper and deeper into this like how am i going to use this to propel myself forward in life in a more positive way that's been one of my biggest transitions is Mm -hmm. not just the mistakes i do or don't make but what I take from them and how I move forward is probably the biggest thing. It's all you, girl. I just feel like I'm a fucking shapeshifter. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Because, like, from the beginning when I first started, you know, being a little 18-year-old, went to rehab, (laughs) you know, I instantly figured out what manifestation was. And I realized that was me. And, um, but manifestation, at least through like a butterfly, you know, the little, little caterpillar and the cocoon and all of that. But what happens after you reach the butterfly? (laughs) Because me, I like lost my wings, I guess, or something. And then like shaped into something else. So I don't know if that has something to do with reincarnation is what I'm trying to get at. But I feel like this is an ongoing process, at least for me. Um, that, you know, I make a lot of mistakes, like, every day. And it's that, like, being able, what you do with it, like, what you guys were saying, you know? Like, how you deal with that. Because, yeah, we, I, you know, we used to drink or get high or when that happened. And then it's a constant thing because you just keep doing the same thing. And, um, and so, like, me trying to navigate, you know with also in my relationship too is a different thing I've never done before. So used to just be me, but now I have someone else in this too. And so that's also another thing I'm transitioning into. Um, and I think, you know, life in self is about a transition from, you know, being super into recovery, you know, getting that, like what we're talking about, the communication, just even just being there showing up. Um, to now where we're like living our separate lives because, you know, we have careers or we have, you know, kids. I don't, we don't, but you know what I'm saying? You can Um, can imagine though. (laughs) Yeah, you can imagine, you get the picture. (laughs) Um, But to now where we still show up and we still, you know, because like every time I've come back after a stint of not seeing you guys, I'm like, fuck, I'm such an asshole. But then I come, I walk in the room and I'm like, you guys don't judge me like you're just happy to see me and for so long like it's just like all in my head but 
like I would be like I felt bad because I was like they probably think I'm using or and sometimes I was there was times where I actually was drinking and wasn't around because I was you know doing that and so me coming back and you just being like I'm so happy to see you it's almost like I don't even it's 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 I don't even know how to explain it it's unexplainable but I'm really grateful for my friends oh no can you cut that out because that was <laughs> no, I'm gonna put that in over and over again and loop it. <laughs> in the beginning? <laughs> oh no, oh no. And then like do some auto tune <laughs> where it's like, oh no. <laughs> but I love you guys, that's it. That's what I wanted to say. That was what I was getting at. <laughs> I love you, man. I love you. <laughs> I love you all so much. And do you remember, I don't know, but you know how like you had your friends at one point, like when drinking and stuff and the reason why you're friends with them is because of the only thing really that you had in common. I don't know if it was just me, but was drinking. Like, that's the common aspect. Yeah. And, like, for now, for us, like, in the beginning, it was the common aspect. Like, we were sober. Right. But now it's more than that. Like, we're actually, like, what you're saying, like, we're not just recovery friends. We are real friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we have things in common. Like, we all do. And it's... That was a really Fucking great awesome. way to put it. Yeah. I, that was awesome. That was good. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Yeah, I look up to you. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> okay. So, we're back. Um, let's pick up where, um, kind of where we left off. Uh, Alicia, you were, uh, you had kind of mentioned during the break um, that you had had this plan uh, that you were gonna drink when you went on went to Hawaii, I think you said, and you've been thinking about this for how long? Mm, about six months. About six months. <laughs> That's a pretty good plan. Okay. Yeah, right. it's T- been planned us, out. <laughs> tell us what the pro- tell us you process on this. What? Um, so you know, it's been back and forth a little bit. Um, I. Oh wait, you haven't gone to Hawaii yet. We should probably say. Yeah. That, so right? I'm yeah. going in September for like twenty days. Um, and you know, at first I wasn't like, I I didn't have a plan. And then I started to think more and justify a lot of things of why I'm feeling this way and trying to convince the people around me. But shitty part with me for this is I've done this before. So it's not anything new with anyone that I've, you know, my close family and friends, you know, um, it's not like I can re-convince them that this is a good idea because I've already tried to do that mm-hmm. and they believed it and they realized it wasn't. And a lot of you know I suffer from PTSD um, from childhood and stuff and so I disassociate a lot from that. And I told my boyfriend and I told my best friend and they just weren't, um, they just didn't agree with it. And um, they told me I need to tell my mom and I need to tell Paul. And I said, fuck, no, I'm not doing that. And they'd be like, why? And I'm like, because they're going to say no. Why would I want to say, why would I want to tell someone that they're going to say no? You can, I, you can drink all you want when you go to Hawaii. No, yeah, I know. But my ta- I talked to my mom and um, she cried and she told me, you know, that you know, you're going to make your own decisions. But, you know, she told me about like why she's concerned and she doesn't want me to die. And partly a lot of my life has been a big fuzzy, not really knowing what's going on most of the time. (laughs) Um, and so with, you know, my mom saying that I was like, when I overdosed and drank too much where I had to go to the hospital and stuff, I didn't, in my head afterwards, I was like, you made that up. That wasn't real. Um, you were trying to get attention. You know, you didn't really almost die, you know? Just kind of like You're minimizing You're telling yourself it. this. Yeah, <laughs> I never told anyone that until my mom just a few days ago, but. Um, and I, 
she reminded me what she saw and it wasn't a joke you know it wasn't like I was just doing that or seizing for fun you mm -hmm. know or to get you know um, and so I realized that you know it's not that's a dark bumper sticker yeah seizing for fun seizing for fun right. it really is yeah. Don't recommend it. No, don't. But, um, <laughs> I then, you know, I changed my mind that, you know, I, it's not worth my, my life to do that. It's not worth it for me. And so I've made the decision again that I'm not drinking in Hawaii. Um, but I was set on it. I was really set on it, like, yeah, but, yeah, so that's where I'm at. Thanks for being vulnerable. Way, way to work on living a wholehearted life there. Hell yeah. 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 So, and, nice, nice, <laughs> you're still, you're still, you're still good at keeping secrets, only up to a certain point, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. So, because oh, yeah. you sabotaged keeping the secret by starting to tell people, mm -hmm. and also obviously having a um, partner who cares about you, mm -hmm. so you kind of fucked that up really good. Way mm -hmm. to go! Nice. <laughs> Sounds like you picked a good partner. Yeah, <laughs> but I I don't want you to feel like you're like um, that. I don't know. I don't feel like that's an uncommon thing to feel, Alicia. I know that I sometimes that I I still have those thoughts too. Sometimes it's like. Oh, that would be so great! I'm going on this great vacation, or going doing, going to go do this, and oh, you know, would really, you know, would you really tie that together? You know, would be, you know, maybe, maybe have a couple of drinks and stuff. But so that that's not like, I mean, it's so it's natural to kind of have those thoughts. But then you got what I have to do is I have to just circle back and and be like, but how is that really going to enhance the experience? Is that really going to really add that much? And what are what are the possible mm -hmm. uh, takeaways that that's going to that's going to cause? And so I think it's kind of normal to have those feelings. I shouldn't say kind of normal. I think it's normal to have those feelings, you know. And so you're not unique in that in that arena. But the way that you you, you process through it, like Paul said, didn't keep the secret and just go to Hawaii and. And everything, because I think by by talking about it, you're able to to really realize what. Yeah, on paper it might sound, or in you know, on, on in your head it might sound like a good idea, but then when you put it down on paper, it's not such a great idea. Yeah, and my mom yeah. even said she was yeah. like, "Whatever you feel in your heart is the best decision." And then I was like, "Fuck!" Right, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> Whatever and then, and of course, I go. Your heart is the right decision. And then I go. What a yeah, great so mom drinking. thing to say. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah. Alicia. <laughs> yeah. But the idea of copying a buzz, by the way, there's, there's still copying a buzz. No. That's nice. <laughs> Sweet expression. You're welcome. I'm, I'm glad that I can bring some some old time nostalgia like to this group. You know, um, yeah, that's definitely out of the '60s in my brain. Um, so that the idea of doing that, right, in itself, you know, it, it can be nostalgic, and that and we've we've unpacked nostalgia a few times in here. Yeah. I mean, there it's not all negative. It's not like. I mean, I mean, I remember in one of the podcasts, and I go back and I go, gosh, I wish, you know, I look back and I learn from it. So podcasts are interesting doing these because I look back at some of the things that I, I thought it, it's on tape somewhere or on digital, you yeah. know, digitally stored somewhere. <laughs> and, and I go, you know, that's interesting. So that's progress. I mean, I keep progressing. You know, what, what maybe I said a year or two ago is different today. So this idea of um, the romancing or the nostalgia of copping a buzz, I mean, that's okay. It's just really what, the, what is the purpose of doing that, right? right? I mean, is it still about escaping, you know, pain and trauma and, and the things that, are, that, that kind of redirect me from living a wholehearted life? And I went, you know... Brent just pulled us right back around again into what, why we're here, right? And, and, and by, with that statement a little while ago. And that's why I think it's okay to, to have the thought, but what do I do with that thought, you know? And are there other ways that I can cop a buzz that have nothing to do with drugs and alcohol, you know, or, you know, getting into a dysfunctional relationship? Can I, can I cop a buzz, you know, by 
be hanging out with friends and family and you know right. I get as good a buzz from swimming in the ocean as I can from just about or just anything else dressing up. Like or dressing up right <laughs> and, and, and putting <laughs> on what, so what were your accents okay so let me ask who had what accents last night um, I didn't have an accent I wanted to do a Russian accent but I'm not very good at that uh, but well, that would have been good oh <laughs> No, that's not, I just, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Um, Misty Visions, she's a psychic. Oh, well, hello, Misty. <laughs> Half off um, tarot card readings. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. 1 800 555. Yep. I repeat. Tarot. Tarot and some palm readings. <laughs> Okay. Thanks for being willing to be vulnerable on that. Um, I, I appreciate. I appreciate you sharing that. And now that you've put it out to you know a world, the world, a small mm-hmm. world, of course, because you yeah, know still the, the bozos that listen to this, you know, we're a, we're a tight group. So yeah. yeah. Well, and I think too, like, it shows you, like, because I'm almost two years sober again. Solid. <laughs> Was. Three times a child. Just kidding. I think it's actually more than that now. But um, I think because and your well, sobriety is not just these two years. No, so that's I what know. I'm saying. You know. Yeah. Well, and Justin even asked me, my boyfriend. He asked me, "Do you lose all your knowledge?" <laughs> and I go, "Hell, fucking no." Wise man. Well, and I'm like, "No, babe, no. You, I still have everything I know. You know." Exactly from all these years, I mean, me relapsing has taught me a lot more than, obviously, like, me being sober has to, but the relapse has really been a real big wake-up call for me, but, um, I think a lot of the time, too, I justify it, like, oh, I'm good now, or, like, I'm, I know why I drank now, for reals, you know, the PTSD, I know why, so I should be fine now, you know? And so I think, too, like, if you want to drink so, so bad, there's a problem, you know? When you want to drink so bad, where you make a fucking plan, there's something wrong, you know what I mean? I think that's a good point. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, I don't think of that in the moment, but I think of it now, and I'm like... If I'm planning a fucking drink spell, mm-hmm. that's not healthy or, like, probably good at all, you know? And so, I don't know, I I have a hard time admitting that, you know, with people in recovery because I'm like, here I go again, you know? Because it's like, this is not the only time I've done this. Um, but I also think, too, that... It gives me a sense of like power and relief of how much fucking relief it was for me to be like i'm not gonna do it i was like oh thank god <laughs> but it's like i was like inflict i don't even know it's just a sh- <laughs> yeah that's it okay Sorry. very proud of you okay for talking about it yeah absolutely way to go thank way- you for sharing we've i i way to out yourself i've been there like Brent said, I think that's a impulse. It's a, it's a normal thought process. And what did you do? You had the growth mindset where you said... Transitioning. Why am I doing this? Uh, maybe it's not healthy if I'm planning it out. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm trying to keep it a secret from literally everyone. Yeah, and I think... This is a new dance. Yeah, yeah, new dance. Learning yeah, learning a new dance. Yeah. yeah. And to Brent's point, I one thing i've talked about this on here before but because i have that thought all the time could i have some drinks and not get like crazy back into it look at my life now versus when i did have a problem like and sometimes i sincerely think i could so and i even right now i'm like yeah i might be able to i don't know the thing that stops me is what paul said was is it going to add anything positive to my life and when I've gone on vacations or gone camping or done things that I used to think alcohol enhanced now having done those things enough time sober and being able to get that high 
uh, that cop in the buzz off of just <laughs> nature for me is like the biggest yeah. like well, buzz for me now is being able to like be camping sober and look up at the stars and have like a moment where I'm just completely in the present moment and it's something I never could have even before maybe problem drinking but just having drinks camping it was never it felt like it was that in the mm -hmm. moment but it's it's totally different now so that's what stops me is that I don't think like Brent had said it's going to enhance my experiences and that's what stops me more than the could I just do it and be okay like and maybe maybe not like, I don't know <laughs> but, I mean I've done it I've, I've convinced myself, like, I'm going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And I was for a while. Mm -hmm. But also my disassociation, like, I didn't know I was hiding a bunch of shit. Like, subconsciously, I had a lot of shit that, when I was drunk, gave me, it came out. And I didn't know, like, that night when I almost died, like, I was, I had a great night in the beginning. But then it just spiraled, and I became so suicidal that like you know and now i know why right but again why would i want to do that i have i have literally transitioned into mm -hmm. the person i want to be and i have everything that i want right now and i would sabotage that for a fucking glass of wine are you fucking kidding for me cop in a buzz. for cop in a buzz for cop in a buzz yeah. and, the, and the idea is learn to cop a buzz differently right yeah learn to do it differently without without substance yeah yeah or a, a, an obsession or addiction to something else you know yeah so. one thing that you mentioned about um you know that uh and it, it goes for uh you know i'd say most people uh that are that are in that are striving for recovery is that um there are going to be relapses, right? And uh, so we talked about resiliency, though, and it's like, well, how fast can I bounce back from that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, you can think about it. You're just building up your resiliency, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, but yeah, you didn't uh, – but I like the fact that what you mentioned is that you don't – you don't just because uh, of a relapse, you don't lose all the knowledge that you had. You know, but uh, for me, a takeaway from, from my relapses have been – just that 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 um why did i go back down that road again when i know where it leads you know what i mean we have this thing in in uh that we talk about there's a story in the refuge recovery book that we talk a lot about about there's this big hole uh in the street and you walk down and you peek into the hole and you're like oh that's a big hole but then you fall in it anyways you know and then you and then you creep back up to it the next time and you look and you know it's a big hole but again you know you stumble and you fall in the hole but then you, you and the story progresses on and on but it comes to the point where you walk down you see the hole and you decide to go down another street you know what i mean and so yeah we're gonna see those holes but uh you know you just got to choose a different a different path you know yeah so that's the one thing you know you got, uh, for me anyways that i've learned through my relapses is just trying to ha be have that awareness of not wanting to go back down that road and what would be what in my life is would be possibly worth uh sacrificing to go down that you know to jump back into that hole and it, it, it's just it does, there's there isn't anything you know right other than that notion of yeah it's kind of cool to cop a buzz but uh, then the other thing i was thinking about too was uh, with transitions and um how it really kind of ties into being able to transition really is is our ability to also embrace uh impermanence right because we for me personally i always i think back like two years ago i probably had the best summer i've ever had in a decade you know it just everything was just clicking for me you know everything was great we were hanging out all the time you know uh i was reconnecting with my old friends and um just everything was going well you know and then um you know life takes its turns you know and we and throws its curveballs at us and 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 throws its punches and things change right because and, and it's just being able to embrace that impermanent nature of life that that things aren't always going to be the same no matter how great they are no matter how bad they are and so being able to transition with 
the curves and the and the punches that life throws at us, I think is is crucial in, in being able to 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 stay um, focused in the present moment and 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 try to continue in with and. And with having continual progress in life, you know, if we if uh, if I'm always dwelling on how great things were in the past and resisting what's in front of me, how much more suffering am I gonna am I gonna experience because I'm resisting that that change, or, or yeah, those changes, and how much better it will be to be able to adapt and, and transition into what life has given me, you know. So I think with transitions, and it kind of really ties into that whole concept of, of, of impermanence, you know, that we have, that we face in life, so. Definitely, I like that, I like that comparison. Also, um, the other part of that, uh, I know, f- f- at least for me, is, and I think, I think you brought this up too, Sarah, but I think you used different wording with something you got working on as a t- on a team level of work, this idea of beginner's mind and expert mind was that kind of what you were talking about a little bit or was it you used different language growth and fixed mindset oh yeah fixed mindset. that same kind of idea though what how do how do we approach the issues and the conditions and the challenges in life do we have do we approach it that we have all the answers or uh, is there each opportunity uh, do we make ourselves available to learn things are we teachable and that's what this that this yes. reminds me exactly. of. So, well, I'm, I'm curious not to, um, you know, how did that go over, uh, you know, with your with your colleagues? I'm curious. Yeah, well, it went. So we started close to a year ago. Uh, our leadership team talked it over on a Zoom meeting, you know, like a weekly Zoom meeting first. And then we went back to it like a week later that where we could kind of sit and reflect on like actual personal experiences at work where how how can we um, change and become better leaders by having this growth mindset and kind of modeling that example to the rest of our staff and to our teachers and basically just kind of missing that negativity of I... I made a mistake or I failed. So I'm, you know, putting yourself down for mm-hmm. that opposed to being able to own it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a big thing I've worked on in life, but also at work is being able to own up to the mistakes I make and then clearly come up with ways I want to fix it. Right. So it went over really well with that staff. And then we brought it up uh, in our whole staff meeting um, a few months later. And I think it was a lot of information for people to, you know, like, uh, but the way we broke it down with different charts and stuff, I think did make Uh it clear. And it was really cool to see people's uh, reaction and life experiences to it um, on both ends, hearing how maybe whether in their personal life or even, you know, in the classroom with kids, like, how can I be that example of a growth mindset? not just with myself, but for these young minds that we're mm-hmm. working with and uh, showing them the same thing, you know, modeling that same thing for these kids that are, you know, just in this crazy development, developmental growth of uh, it's okay to make mistakes and not internalizing and getting that like guilt and shame early on, which I think can be such a traumatizing thing early in our lives. So I think it's it's much bigger even then I realized when we started talking about it um, as a leadership team, it was helpful. And then I think as we expanded, it made me realize how big it is in the scope of our whole lives. And from the time we're really young and how that can help shape us into, um, into adults that realize like our humanness, (laughs) if you would, and be able to, to accept that and then make the proper changes to, you know, kind of get back to our values and, you know, ethical standing, if you will. So, well, Brene, Brene Brown in Ter- Terror to Lead touches upon these same yes. topics that, you know, a, a, a strong, competent um, leader um, is able to adjust and, may, and to adapt yes. to their surroundings and, be, and not have to approach everything as if, you know, I've got all the answers. Yep, and I think having that humility, that's something that's taught me being a leader at work is having humility and being able to admit 
to others if I have made a mistake you know teacher comes to me and instead of oh no you must have you must have misunderstood that on the schedule like oh yeah that was my bad I totally forgot to schedule that in my bad you know and being able to just have that humility and ownership over things because it it brings you to a level where people are going to feel more trust and comfort in you as well and even and I, I mean that can expand into life into other relationships as well this is you know workplace example but um and also then saying personal relationships huge yeah Yeah. it's yeah Yeah. and that's or you know communicating with you know friends or family or partners and being able to go yep that was me and then but then also not internalizing and be like oh i made a huge mistake but oh yep that was me i'm human made a mistake all right so this is what i'm going to do different next time and Mm -hmm. actually being able to follow through then with that so well, you know, I would add something that I, I've been realizing lately um, that adds, I've been add, adding this this uh, trifecta, um, um, humbleness, gratitude, and acceptance, um, and, and trying to remind myself that in every situation I'm in, can I practice those three things? Mm-hmm. So... Um, I don't. Uh, I mean, I have to say that. <laughs> I have to say that right off the bat. I really fuck up sometimes with this, um, and I don't see that as a negative. But but just that I've there are things I realize I still become fixated on, and I use the word fixated because I think that there's a right and wrong way, and um, and it. I have to keep reminding myself, and I know that that happens even in my communication, you know, in personal relationships and with family, and I think. Well, I'm not very open right now, and I'm really uncomfortable with this. But I, I'm, I'm, can I f- be humble about this? That the feedback I'm getting, and sometimes yes, and sometimes I just want to say, you know, fuck it, I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. yeah. So that I mean, that's why I really appreciate that you brought this up, and in the work environment, I think. You know, any time that that happens, naturally it can probably happen in in group environments. Um, uh, if there's an expectation that we want to remain that way, we want to remain a certain level of humbleness and you know focus on listening to objective or subjective or objective feedback. Um, I forget that sometimes it just just disappears and I'm all of a sudden in that uh, you know well. I know best, and that's definitely not always the truth. Yeah, getting out of that like defensive mode for me can be challenging. Mm -hmm. Still, it's easy for me with certain things to admit, especially if I'm the one realizing it and then letting it out. But having someone else tell you, then that's another level, right? Of, and that would probably be the same way if like someone telling Alicia. No, I don't think that's a good idea. If yeah. you drink, you know, then you want to explore it more because you, I think, innately kind of yeah. get that defensiveness rises. Like, well, why not? And I'm, I know my, myself best. And well, do you think we so. know that? So, like, yeah, because you would, you would say, well, I'm, why would I tell my mom or Paul that, right? Because right. yeah. yeah, well, they're gonna, they're gonna be honest and they're about it. the most honest. <laughs> yeah, and I don't right. want that. Yeah, that lose control, yeah. you know, yeah. of the of the the conversation <laughs> that way, you know, and my plan (laughs) and it almost takes you being able to see it from your own perspective right and go oh i'm gonna admit that this isn't a good idea or that i made a mistake because i want to come to that conclusion not because someone told me but then there's this like extra level of being able to actually hear feedback and and be able to take it in without like completely personalizing it but being able to so true. you know especially from people that that care for us and want the mm-hmm. best for us so. yeah. mm. good stuff what was the uh what was the trifecta again it was acceptance humility and gratitude uh, or no well yeah yeah humbleness that, yeah. so humility and so okay. humility and gratitude and acceptance yeah um kind of want to try that now yeah that that's what I mean, I've been noticing that and and with myself that that's something I I need to continue to work on, especially to practice beginner's mind. Mm -hmm. And and even being, you know, a mental health therapist, I need to continue to practice that every day. And so I've got a little sticky note, you know, I've got sticky notes on my, next to my little table there. And just to remind myself of those things, you know, are you practicing this? Are you, you know, 
embracing this. Yeah. And some other funny ones, too. So, like, there's one that says, uh, it's harder to teach someone that they've been f fooled than to fool them, or something like that. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Mark Clemens wrote that. It's good stuff. Oh, it's easier to fool someone than, than to, than to show them that they've been fooled. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right. <laughs> um, how would you like to guys go out today? And uh, we can uh, anything else that you that's kind of on your mind that you think is important to. Any burning desires? Any burning, <laughs> any, any, desires? Any burning desire? <laughs> yeah. No, um, I mean, I just, I'd like, I'll just say one quick thing that's uh, been a recurring thing for me over the past year that I've tried to transition into, and again, not doing a great job at doing it, but goes along with um, uh, kind of every, well, kind of the concepts of resiliency and and um, and transitions and impermanence and everything is that um, and it's a, it's a it's a thing that we get out of refuge recovery or a concept that you know to have happiness it's it's a lot closer to um, acceptance and, and contentment than it is like pleasure or or you know pure pleasure and so working on that. Um, acceptance uh, component for me has been probably the most difficult thing to transition over the past year as life has thrown curveballs at me you know uh, with with the the health of my of my dad and um, and just and then again all the <laughs> the societal changes and then of course the pandemic and everything and so a lot of a lot of changes uh, all at all one time in a, in a short period and being able to just have that acceptance and then because that's why I asked you well, again what that trifecta was because I think those three things are, are are you know the acceptance the gratitude the humility are all things that if practiced uh, will be able to help me really be able to, to to roll with the punches easier than I have been mm. uh, over the past year because I feel like I've been resisting a lot and with resistance you know because again pain's inevitable but the more I resist that pain the more suffering that I have and so yeah just being able to um, Embrace that uh, concept of acceptance um, and humility, and and grat and and then be in that contentment part is really equal to is really close to gratitude, and so yeah, just being grateful for what I what I do have, and not wishing for what I don't or what you know yeah yeah. Well, I, I like I, the reason why I like them is it feels like a circle almost. Like, yeah, I like, like it. One kind of piggybacks off the other, like and they're perpetuate. Yeah, they perpetuate. Yeah. So, I. I I like the way that you were, you were explaining that. Yeah. Um, so that's all I got. That was my burning desire. That's my new dance. By <laughs> Thank the you way. for sharing yeah. your burning yeah, desire. Yeah, I like that dance. That's I think I'm gonna pick up that. Those I, I, yeah, I'm gonna try that. Should as we well. get some buttons, man? Just move. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Reminder like all it. the time. Maybe I'll get a tattoo to remind me. Yeah. I could do that. Mm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, how are we gonna go out? Are we gonna do what? Are we gonna do a fun thing to go out with? Or is that what we were thinking? Oh no! Or if you know, yeah, if it. you if you guys have a song oh. that's been. Uh, um, that uh, been empowering you in the, the last uh, few months? Uh, anything that's, or just something that, you know, like something you're working on that you think has uh, been developing some life changes or? Me admitting when I'm wrong. I'm not good at that. Yeah, acceptance for me, I kind of said it yeah, already. Yeah, I'm yeah. acceptance. I'm gonna go with my humility for me. Yes. Yeah. Mine's gonna be the the common in my life overthinking. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been a, it's been at a on a, not an all time high lately, but no, <laughs> it's been, been on a high level. It's it's been increasing it a bit. Has. So, uh, but good news, I'm aware that it's been <laughs> increasing. Well, you're verbalizing it, that's for sure. Right, yeah, so uh, getting back to to the present moment more. Not uh, Living in the moment. Living in the moment. Right. Trying my best. Okay. One day at a time. <laughs> One day at a time. Uh, has anyone done, done any, uh, any uh, music? Have seen any live music? 
No, I don't want to. I want to. Oh, that's not. I haven't. You? I haven't. Well, no, that's not true. I did see the, um, I think it's Mike Christian band uh, played up in back of the Peruvian on the grass. Mm. Oh, nice. Last weekend, and it was actually amazing. Or maybe that was Tuesday night. But it was was so good. They're a little trio, a little funk blues trio that uh, really, really talented group and um, that was nice that was nice to see that so all right well good seeing you all good seeing you we'll come back in a couple months yeah we'll come back in a couple months Um, we will uh, we'll end today and go out as we usually do with little Joan Osborne adios adios